What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 129 on finding yourself and relearning yourself. So what's up, millionaires? My name is Hanif Muhammad. What I'm known for, what Q would say I'm known for, is Neefisms. That's something else. But what I'm really known for, I'm a martial artist. I've been doing martial arts since I was seven. I'm 27 now. What can you expect from today's episode? Basically talking about how to reinvent yourself, um, how to change the narrative about yourself and where you should be going, how you can get there, steps and ways to get there and things of that matter. Um, And you know, you got to lock in. You got to come into the Million Dollar Mind podcast. If you ain't, you ain't getting no Million Dollar Mind jewels, man. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast. This is the number one passion and attraction podcast in the world. And that's, of course, thanks to each and every one of you millionaires out there that tune in with us week in, week out. This is the only place for tips and tricks on identifying your passions and attracting opportunities to make a living while living your dreams. Here are some keynotes about today's guest, man. We got my brother from another, my line brother from the <laughs> one and only, the, the coldest fraternity in the oh, world, man. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, by way of the Delta Pi chapter, man. We got my ace rock, Hanif Muhammad, in the building. Uh, and, you know, Neef is a black belt, you know, self-defense and fitness trainer, also a philosopher and historian. And, man, I got to give it to you, man, a, a, a little bit more about Neef. Right. Neef is the king of profound and polarizing statements. Hence why we, you know, we had this run on joke at school where Neef would always come up with some Neefisms. And essentially what a Neefism is, is something that you never even thought of before in such a way that only Neef can explain and make you think of it in that way. So with that being the case, Neef is always pushing people to think outside the box or whatever has been normal, which is why he has been the perfect candidate for me to even have this conversation with. So, I mean, let's start out with that, Neef. I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, your experiences and upbringing that has molded you into, you know, the person that is sitting on this episode with us right now. All right. So basically, hmm, let me say, so, you know, Philadelphia native. Uh, family from philadelphia um we southwest originals <laughs> so like mm-hmm. part of the woodland families and all that type of stuff and um that's one half of it but also my dad's side came from virginia um they was farmers they owned farmland owned a lot of virginia um yeah and they was very academically heavy and sound even my mom's side was academically heavy and sound too but just in two different aspects mm-hmm. so like my dad's side a lot of them um basically a lot of my cousins they old they really like my aunts and uncles so like they old first cousins old over there but they like one was the dean of syracuse for a minute one of them is was norfolk dean all types of stuff like they just very they achieved an academic excellence very highly so like a lot of my side of the family over there all went to school or either finished school 
not necessarily the same case with my other side, but that doesn't stop nothing because we still got people like my aunt, my mom's sister was a school educator. Mm. Um, she just recently retired. Um, she'd been doing that for a long time, ever since I could remember. Um, so, you know, and also my uncle into real estate, my grandpa, very profound on both sides, but on my mom's side, since I'm on this side, he was really like the first person in Southwest. He's from Barbados. First person in Southwest to actually own businesses and land in Southwest during the time where that was like unheard of. Cause what a lot of people don't know, Southwest was a, was actually the suburbs. Southwest was really not the hood at a point in time. It was a whole lot of white people and everything, but he was actually able to buy churches, land, all the like businesses. Good Lord had a lot of businesses, had an oil business, mm-hmm. had a, uh, what else? a restaurant, all types of stuff on the lot. Um, and that's actually who sparked my dad to actually own a security business and go into mm. that route because he was one of the first black men he ever seen. Not necessarily because like I said, my dad's a whole lot of educators and everything, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily the entrepreneur mind in that sense. Right. But he saw that from my granddad on my mom's side. Well, from my granddad, from my mom's dad. But, you know, he saw it from him, and that was, like, his mentor. So that really allowed him to be like, oh, wait, we can own, like, do business? Like, business? like own. And continue to educate? Continue to educate? But, like, oh, yeah, we own it. And, you know, that's, like, the cohesive uh, structure of that. So where do I fall in that is I got two other sisters, um, and basically I'm the youngest. So it was like I had three moms. It was real different. It was mm-hmm. real crazy, but they kept me kept me good, kept me right. Uh, a whole lot of family support. And I would say support is the key thing. People don't really peg it enough, but support and people um, take for granted support. Yeah. I wasn't even the person who took um, support for granted. Until you actually get to the point where you see, when you interact with people, when you interact with people, you see uh, that support is rare. It's not everywhere. It's rare. So when you get true support, and when you get in, when it's like, you know, consistent and faithful, you got to keep that around. You got to keep it around. You got to help. You got to keep that relationship. You don't want to burn that bridge, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, that really gave me a thing like to really see because um, both sides of my family was very supportive um, to the family in general, to all of my family members inside of it, all supportive. Um, so, you know, but yeah. Man, so pretty much just the whole, like, so what I'm getting at is like a whole family line of education and, mm-hmm. and I, then it came the entrepreneurial mindset. And then when you mix entrepreneurship into education, it's like, you you have now this this um this cohort of people that right. are constantly striving towards betterment and self fulfillment at the same time as like understanding relearning things and being able to fulfill and give on to the next generation. Uh, and a couple of things that you mentioned even was that support. And I've even had this conversation with a couple other guests on the podcast before, and just talking about like how the 
the youth really need support. We're mm-hmm. doing our youth a disservice if we're not making sure we're putting ourselves in a position to support them with the resources they need, the time freedom they need, uh, and the the tools that they need to create. Right? We need to give them a space to create, not a space to fall in line and mm-hmm. become a robot, which is mm-hmm. essentially what what happens when we be when we so rush to put our kids in certain jobs without actually giving them the tools to understand where that job could real what that job really means right right not just getting the job at mcdonald's because you need to learn responsibility but getting a job at, at mcdonald's with the intentions to learn operations management and then you're saying start yeah. your own burger company when you're you know, 20 years old <laughs> you know that might be the biggest generational curse that nobody never talks about keep it a buck yeah People always yeah. want to talk about my daddy my mama but and my family ain't right but listen the biggest generational curse is the mindset that how you go into things, like how you was just saying, like, look, mm-hmm. people used to tell you for years, go into the science field, go into STEM, you get money in STEM, but you might not make it in STEM. What but you did it just because so, people said you could get money. Just so you could get money, but that's the generational curse. You putting your, your progeny in a situation where they just might not be that type of person to make it out of that type of stuff. So that's like how we always say HBCU, PWI. Some black people can do a PWI, but they could do a PWI because it was their upbringing and that type of environment to allow mm-hmm. them to excel. And that's fine. And they might not excel with an HBCU because they mm-hmm. went from that and product and environment. Just because you're black don't mean you're from the environment like mm-hmm. two different things but so you know like how we saying and going back to that matter of fact it's a great thing on um, that we got to this point because this this one of my talking points is uh it was a episode of drink champs with nori mm-hmm. well nori on the thing but with cameron and cameron and they laughed at him because cameron said yo you were like, you know what I'm trying to get? This is before Corona. You were like, you know what I'm trying to get into? And they went like, what, Ken? Went like, toilet paper. Make it toilet paper. And they would, and they laughed at him. Laughed at him. Nobody didn't take it serious. And it was like, no, nah, man, you're too rich to be making toilet paper. Are you? What? I mean, right. are you ever too rich to make something that will ne- that will always be a necessity? <laughs> the generational curse is like because it wasn't a respected answer. It's like, no, nah, don't do that. But then we try to say we want to build a society. We neglecting the things that build in the science. A society. Science don't necessarily build a society in the way that you think it do. It does in a portion. But until that happens, you need groundwork. You need people who make the uh, supermarkets where you can eat out of. People who grow the food. Somebody like, you can't be like, I want to be a farmer. You can't just be like, I don't make no money. I don't do that. You stop it. He might be the best farmer. In fact, he might make more money doing the farming because he got a care and a love for farming. But then that also goes back into cycling into your whole thing and building up your society and building up the generations and the youth. And that's tied all back. Like what we was talking about, giving the helping hand to the youth and stuff. You got to not use the old concepts sometimes. It makes them, makes them look at you like how they look at their parents. 
Because they're going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, my mom told me that. But what you giving me now? And I'm already defying that. I'm not listening to dad. I'm not listening to mom because they told me exactly that. Go and do this this way. Well, like, it's a real thing. Some people, some kids just obedient and they just want to go and do it. And that's their path. That's the other part. Everybody got paths and everybody's supposed to be doing what they're doing. Even the mischievous troublemakers, all that, they're supposed to be doing what they're doing. Everybody got a job on this earth and everybody going to do what they do. But what you need to do and what we need to do is make sure we do what we have our heart to, to the best of our ability to not try to um, necessarily infringe on other people's life. Right. And, and I think what a lot of us fail to realize too, Neef, is whenever we get a reaction from somebody, that reaction is a reflection of their values, their experiences, their beliefs, their passions. Uh-huh. So when Cameron said, oh, I want to make toilet paper, of course, the reaction was, what? Because Cameron is probably one of 50,000 50, people that will think to create toilet paper. So, of course, uh, 49,999 people are going to say, what? That's absurd because they're not on that wavelength. They're not thinking about that. Same thing with the farmer. The person who said, I want to go farming, their parents never thought about farming, so they're going to reflect. They're going to regurgitate their experiences and how they don't think farmers make money because they don't know any farmers. Right. So it's like a lot of times we forget about that. Really? And you know, and that's the that's the wild thing. Run ahead and then everybody needs to talk. Right. So Cameron would have been up up if he would have stuck with his guns and made that toilet paper. Man, right. that's that that's crazy. And I even had, man, I, I I know um I had a homegirl that I had knew when we was at Cheney, uh through mm-hmm. networking at the other schools as Mr. Cheney, and she actually was a campus queen. Nobody would have ever expected her to, you know, graduate and become a farmer. Long story mm-hmm. short, she started her own farm and she gets mm-hmm. like, she literally shows like she gets grants like out the wazoo. Like every month she get she getting a new grant that is putting money in her pocket, I'm sure, of course, but also creating a lot of fulfillment so she can, she can continue to farm, continue to create. And she, I think she even got a, a couple awards too for like her mm. providing fresh produce to so many different communities in that texas area too so okay. man like again like we talking about farmers that just made me think of her automatically because of course as most people we prejudge and you i was not expecting that this campus queen somebody who was miss miss uh pba mm-hmm. and you was was going to graduate and, and and be a farmer right and it's like right that was me projecting my experiences of what a farmer is mm-hmm. <laughs> right as of everybody else so I mean, as we're talking about unlearning uh, these different things, first, before we even get into that, I do want to kind of clear the air and, and get this question out. You know, how would you define self-image? Like, what is self-image and, and how do you create or recreate so, uh, your self-image? But mm, it's self-image. That's why I was just with it. With, with my friend and we was talking she was like talking about self-image and it was like um how do I define self-image well self-image um honestly you know no 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 I got a good one for this cause you know I don't know 
they can't tell. I got a head wrap on, but I'm both. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they ain't gonna be able to tell because we we do we doing audio only. But yeah, you're right. You you got a head uh, wrap on and you ball. I'm ball. <laughs> I'm ball. Right? <laughs> now listen, a hair was a big part of my identity, more than what I thought it was, more than what I ever thought it was. And I was like, and I understand when people be trying to keep on to their hair, like when it be like you be looking like Brian Brian. And that joint mm-hmm. be bad, but you be trying to still keep your hair and everything because it really be a part of some people's personality. Now, what I'm saying, to, what I'm getting to out of that is this. Like, I really had a moment like, I was like, hey, like, I was really thinking like, I cut this off. Am I going to like, you just be thinking crazy stuff. Like, am I still going to be me? Am I going to lose like certain things? I know how to, like, you just be thinking crazy stuff when you got road changes about to hit you, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this. I, at least I'm thankful enough to look like my pop. To then have a like a reference point. And I'm going to get to why a reference point means something. To say like, oh, I look like my pop. And my pop could pull it off. I could pull it off. Whatever. Let's go. Boom. Got it cut off. Got a body. Got it shining zero. You know? But, and what I'm saying to that is when you create yourself, first of all, the first layer of you being created is a, is a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. So where you come from, where you live, that's your first level of like who you are, how you identify. You will always identify yourself to either both of your parents or one of your parents. And you will be living under that shadow for a good amount of time. And it's good. It's a safety net. And matter of fact, when you're a kid, you don't even think about who am I. That don't come until you think about who am I, because I was a kid who think about who am I. But that don't really come into a crucial point to be reflective on the outside until maybe like sixth grade, seventh grade, like around there. Then you kind of like, all right, I got to make sure I got on. What was we wearing at sixth grade? Um, Shell tops, all that type of stuff. Like, I got to be fly. I, I new balances, all this. And you mm. thinking like all that. But, and that's the superficial. It, we ain't even get to the real you yet. You still right. dress. We got to box. the, we got to the, uh, the you appearance. The you, you appearance. Like, we still dress in the body. We thinking dressing the body is actually you at this point. So, you know, people respecting you for however you look, you know, whether you look good, ugly, whatever, handsome. Gorgeous, however you want to, you know, however society going to look at you, right? Oh, he can put it together. He's sharp. Boom, boom, boom. He speaks very good. It's Mm -hmm. all the little things. It's the outside stuff. And then that's where we get into the next thing. What people think of you can sometimes become who you are. Instead of who you are being who you are. So they'd be like, oh, well, he a great talker. Once when you hear somebody keep on saying he a great talker, he a great talker, he a great talker. You believe you a great talker. Is that the truth? It can be. It don't have to be. Maybe some people just like the way how you talk versus other. Then you go into another room, they like, oh man, he don't sound like nothing. Right? So it's all faith, it's all false realities that don't get shattered. And they talk about this stuff like in um, psychology. They talk about it in um, even in political science. 
where crystallization points. It's a point where enough things happen where we hit a point of critical mass and then none of that stuff matters. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Normally, for like somebody on the normal track, like let's just say kid into teenager high school, then he got into um, college, normally crystallization point that happened in college because it's the one time where you're away from family, right? But you live in by yourself with other people and you get to see what your reality is with other people's reality, who you are with other people, without no, like, you're not coming back home to get reprogrammed, because that's what happened. When we go outside in school, we be hanging out in school, having fun, blah, 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 bang, 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 you get back in your house, your mom, like, we ain't doing that here, like, what, like, what is mm-hmm. this? Dad, like, what, what is this? Like, no, like, you know what I'm saying? You get reprogrammed. So it's a level of refinement happening. But then in college, you don't have no refinement. Some people get it earlier, boarding school. You don't have no refinement. So then that's like when you see boarding school, people be very um, grown. They very grown because they already had the moments. College is like a breeze to a boarding school student because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. already had time to deal with themselves in that manner. They're not worrying about what their parents necessarily saying. They worry about how can I make this result and how can I make this action into a result? Mm-hmm. So they already on a different type of frequency. But what that frequency allowed you to do is self-contemplation. It been times when you at night, you know, like when they say when you first go away and you be uh you kind of be homesick. Mm-hmm. It's points of realization in there. It's like, oh man, like I'm by myself, but I'm not by myself, but I'm by myself. And then you start thinking to yourself, like, who am I? And things of that nature. And went like, do I really do this? Do I really do that? Do I engage with this? Do I engage with that? That's like when you see people, like, we know them. They go to Cheney. They was Muslim. Then they leave. They're not Muslim no more. Not to put no slight out because your path is your path. But mm-hmm. who are you really? Right. And you then it's like, you, may, mm-hmm, you figure something out that realize that you don't really associate as closely with, with that with that structure as you thought so you let, let, let me ask this Neve. are you saying or do you believe that self-image can't can't truly be accomplished until you've entered a space to where you uh are a space of independence to where you experience independence to a certain extent i believe so because i'm gonna say this even for the um i don't want to say negative but for the alternative rock if you're in jail like people who go to jail Mm-hmm. That's their crystallization point. Yeah. They in there with a whole bunch of old men, old women by themselves, no mom, no dad, no nothing. They got a call at a certain time, only at a certain time, but they free. It's a level of freedom in that because now the environment is shaped. They get slighted because they kind of get stuck in time. And then you realize, like, that you still acting like who you were when you was with your parents because they don't have the full totality of the uh the process they just free but they get stuck so then they get out of jail and they still act like they 16 they were still 16 mm-hmm. they never had the time to be an adult to just go on like crazy like me and you like when we was in college we going to other places traveling by ourselves i mean yeah we travel by ourselves in high school but it's not the same when 
like you're not coming back home. Your home is at the dorm crib. So when you go back home, it's it's you by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like whatever you did outside when we go to a party, came back, you gotta live with that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so dumb little moments allow you to then say, All right, who am I? Maybe I thought I was the quiet person who don't talk that much, but maybe I was like that because my environment told me to be like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my it wasn't my image from a point of stand, like just being me. So you have the moments. But go ahead. So so what what did that process what did that process look like for you when you entered that phase of defining who you are? Because man, I mean I mean, I know you didn't go to a boarding school in high school, mm-hmm. um, but when we first met at Cheney our freshman year, I know that, you know, you already was vibing on a different wavelength than most, right? So it was like, mm-hmm. w- what did that process look like you, for you? Because it still seems like yours was a little bit uh, non-traditional as far as how you feel most people would reach that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that self-identification. Okay. So for me, it was like this. It was like... Um... I grew up in a strict house. I grew up in a very, very strict house. But within that restriction, it wasn't so restrict that it was depressing or dogmatic. Mm. So, like, let's just say something like this. A lot of my a lot of my personality came from proving a point. Right? Now. Not proving the point in a bad way, a good way, but just like this. Like, my dad used to be like this. He used to, we'd be arguing about something, talking about something, or trying to, like, it could be anything. Like, knee fizzles, right? It could be anything. But mm-hmm. it was like, what my dad would do was, he would be like, if we having this argument, prove your point. Like, prove it. Like, the pro- can't like be sound, teaching you to debate. Like, debate right mm-hmm. if you can have a sound reasoning on why you're doing what you're doing i ain't saying that you're not gonna get in trouble but i mean i understand right you know like you feel like that's a part of independence stuff mm-hmm. that's a part of you like having that that's why I, like i used to get in trouble with debating with teachers because that mm-hmm. bread now nah. i now it makes you get it what makes i'm sense. saying so it was like so with that happening it's already a portion in your mind that's thinking independent. Mm-hmm. You're not going with the flow necessarily. You know what the flow is and you know, you got to swim in the pool sometimes, but you're not really going with the flow as much as people might. You, you learn, you learn to, you learn to question the flow, not right. assuming that the flow is wrong, but at least you ask the question is why is this the flow? Help exactly. me understand why this is the flow, because this is how I'm vibrating right now. And that's why we're in this position. Because mm-hmm. you think this is the flow. I don't understand why that's the flow. I understand. I, I feel like this should be the flow. Right. So, I mean, so it really sounds like the, the, what we need to start, um, I guess, pushing in our communities, uh, and, uh, as, as parents, as educators, as mentors, we should really be pushing for that type of, I guess, for lack of better words, we should not in, encourage the, <laughs> don't talk back we we should not encourage the because i said so because this is Mm -hmm. the way it is but we should if they ask why we should at least have a reason why like always give the why to the what 
Because now this is the other note. A lot of people don't have a why. So now it's abuse. Yeah. That's the real thing that nobody don't want to talk about. Well, like you said no because I said so because you really don't have a real answer why you're about to put this kid on punishment. You ain't even thinking about it. I just don't like the way you look today. Sometimes. But stuff like that is hard to swallow and it might seem mean, but this is where abuse comes from. It's the whole thing that you don't really know. Like, I, like listen, I was a dad. I was fighting in school. I was getting suspended, going to detention. You never really thought that. But I was into all that, right? And when I get home, like, you know I mean? Like, my dad, like, he used to read the riot, like, the riot act. Like, he used to tell me, like, da 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 And I was like, I ain't want to get in trouble. I was like, all right. <laughs> like, I understand. I was wrong. Like, I was wrong. But you can't just do that and not give no type of reports. You got to, my dad always said, when you break somebody down, you got to build them back up. You can't mm-hmm. just chop their head off and then leave it over in zombie land. You got to reattach mm-hmm. it. When you sew it back in, you got to sew it back in with things that can make them not do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole thing. And on top of that, got my cat coming around. But <laughs> right. They always seen it that we call that build break build, man. I actually learned, I've actually heard that for the first time when I left Cheney and got into sales. Like all mm. of our, whenever we had coaching moments, or you had a new person, or you're learning something new, a new sales technique, and it comes to practicing it. The way that we gave feedback was build break build. You build mm. them up, you tell them what they did right, you break them down, tell them all the things they did wrong, and then you always end it with something that could, you know, build them right back up, get their right. they confidence back up. And then I learned later, we went from build, break, build to another feedback called, you know, tacos, which was like, thanks, <laughs> acknowledge, um, uh, confirmation. It was like, it, I got to re- re-look at it, but tacos was the, was the, uh, the, uh, the acronym that we used for giving feedback, and it was very effective. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm actually not surprised. Neat that probably like in your younger years in school, oh, yeah. you was getting in a lot of trouble. Cause like I would, like I would get in a lot of trouble. But the only reason, like my trouble was a little bit. I, I probably, if we was in the same class, I probably would have gotten a little bit less trouble than you because I would, I had to learn to be a little bit smarter the way I moved because my mom was on those disciplinarian boards. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, I was the kid who still got in trouble, who still did the dumb stuff. Mm. But like, I just was like, I was intentional about how I had to move because I was like, I can't afford to get, I can't afford to get sent to no principal office and how my mom looked, me sitting in the disciplinary meeting and she on the board, like she got to remove herself off the board and switch right. seats and, and represent me. Like, so I had to think about that. But the point, I mean, to the to your point, man, it was like, the school system is everything that we like that we talking about like not having the this is the way it is don't talk back just sit down be quiet listen to me lecture for the two hours that you sit in here like it is very confined and strict as far as when i mean strict i mean as in restricting for mm-hmm. free thought for free right. thinking yeah. it's not designed for a whole bunch of opinions to be floating around no. So it was like when you got a whole bunch of opinions and you don't got nobody telling you why you can't express when at your house you you used to the <laughs> system where you can at least prove your point like that right. can you know cause you to act out in certain you ways. So be like, man, 
Like, I almost got kicked out of school for saying Santa Claus ain't real, man. This see? Is, you see, I, I mean, and then, like, I, and then, you know, the kids would be like, oh, what do you say? Oh, my God. I'm talking about this is, like, before first grade. Like, this is, like, I'm, like, four years old saying this to the teacher. I'm like, Santa Claus only. This and like, kids like, no, what is he talking about, right? Oh, yeah. It was like, Santa Claus, I was like, you don't even got a chimney, man. <laughs> you, don't like, you don't even got a chimney. But how like, he gonna you, get in your house? You how you get in your house? But like, he be getting in through the back door. You need to, like, like, but I had, like, this type of personality as a kid. Now I'm talking to the like, teacher like that. They're like, but it's this. I'm like, yeah. he's a he's a problem. So I mean that that that's that that's pretty interesting, and I appreciate you sharing what that process looked like, and kind of how you even got to who you are uh, about your the structure. It's all about culture, right? And all culture is is like how we act, think, and treat each other on a day to day basis. So like when you living at home your home is a heavy, a heavy influence on your culture. When you go to college and you living on campus, the campus cultures becomes, you know, a heavy influence on your culture. Mm-hmm. When you move, you know, for say, let's say when I moved away from PA to Miami, you yeah. know, the Miami culture started living to really, in the jungle. yeah, it really like came a part of like my personal culture. Like right. you, you start to learn like however you, whatever you see every day becomes your culture. So that, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, let's let's talk about let's dive deep here what was something that you know you you had to you identified something that you had to unlearn and once you unlearned it you know how did it change you what did you have to relearn uh throughout throughout that process hey guys so thanks to you all the million dollar mind podcast has went global the number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, we are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give. Peace. Mm, that's good. Let's <laughs> say, um, honestly. We deep, man. We dig it deep. I like the dig, dig deep. deep. All right. Honestly, something that I had to um, great thing right here. I had to get less serious. I had to get less serious. I had to get less serious about a lot of things. Um, and to the fact of even like, like now, like you know, like I ain't used to joke like that back in chain. But now, like, y'all see, like, it's, it's a level of, like, you know, like, less serious. It, like, I'm still serious, neat, and, like, on my, you know what I mean? Like, on my dean. But mm-hmm. I had to be serious. Like, had to do that because I'm going to tell you, like, see, the thing is, um, it's lost. 
when you have a certain amount of acute loss, you understand things as being different now. And that the and like the importance you put certain things on is not that important. And you will really think that superficial things is very, very real when they are superficial. Mm-hmm. So with that to be said, like when I lost my dad, like you know, like that that was deep. Like I lost my dad on 2008 I was at a karate um, camp it's called mm-hmm. master camp it's like where all the masters be at from all over the world it'd be people from all over the world like it's an international thing and like all the masters come eighth dan and up that's eight degrees for people who don't know but eight degree black belts and up and all that and they just all there and you get like this whole week of living on the living in a camp Training twenty four seven like you in some type of kung fu movie, so and you getting your skills up and um it was a it was um it was I was there and I'm in the thing. This is my second uh, both of the cats out. It is what it is. This is my second one, right? Um, like my second one. My first one, I was real to the book, you know, like go da 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 da, you know, real. Because this is like my first time away from my family, too, honestly. And I was in seventh grade the first time, went back in eighth grade, 2008. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm doing the thing. My dad dropped, my mom and dad dropped me off at the camp. I'm like, I got it now. I don't got to call back every couple of hours. Like, you know, you feel more independent because this is your second time around. So I'm going through all the motions. One of my teachers, um, one of my senseis, kept on saying, did you call your parents? I was like, I'm in my head. You know me. I don't get back to nobody. <laughs> like, you, you know, that ain't like, that ain't nothing to be proud of, but that's my introvertedness, right? I just don't necessarily get back to people like sometimes. I'm better now, way better now than what I ever was. But at that time, as a, in eighth grade, like, I'm like, man. Like, I'm like, I'm just chilling by myself. Then call my parents. Then call my parents. It was like for two days now. Then call my parents. Third day. Then call my parents. And she kept on asking me. I'm like, man, what is going on? On that third day, I'm sleeping. I'm knocked out. All I see, all I feel is the bed lift up and slam down. So I'm thinking that I'm late. Because if you was late, you get thrown in the lake. Yeah, it was like that. So if you was late to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning to run some miles, so you get thrown in the lake. So I'm thinking like, oh, man, I'm late. I'm about to get thrown in the lake, right? I'm popped up. I see my mom, my sisters, and my own uncle, basically. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh. And my sensei right there, Sensei George, he like, and I'm looking, I'm like, what is going on? I'm thinking this all a dream. And they went like, Dad passed away. I'm like, oh. I'm like, it was real crazy. And lied to you now. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm coming back. Nobody didn't know why I left from the camp. Nothing like that. It was all in the cover of night. And I'm like, no, this is wild. But saying what I'm saying, like, to rebuild yourself, having that acute of a loss Because, you know, some people don't come back for real, for real, after losing parents. But um, after having that type of loss, 
I knew it was kind of like that loss couldn't have been measured until I had some other losses, right? And then I was like, Dad, why I don't feel as bad about these situations that I do that situation? And you shouldn't measure guilt. Well, not guilt, but measure of grief. You shouldn't measure it. But it's a thing to be said. When you hit a certain point, you you understand things in a different light. Like, I don't look at things as being as bad as what it is or, like, really harping on things because it ain't going to do nothing. You know Mm. what I'm saying? And sometimes we... I might have got away from the topic. You gotta get me if I no. No, nah, nah, I mean um, it, it sounds like you're saying like you try not to harp on things because it's it's you're not as serious about things because it's real, but it ain't real as far as right. the reality. Like the past, like the past, what already happened is no longer real. Right. It has nothing to do with reality, and I think with that's reality. what you're getting to. Yes. So you know, like things of that nature. It's even like this, like. Listen, I'm telling you, and and God, God in the universe, and and your ancestors talk to you in so many ways and put you in certain situations that you think you might can't overcome, but then it's supposed to hit you like that, the spark of change. Because you supposed now, if you don't overcome, you will succumb. Now, succumbing ain't bad either. People always talk about, oh, you gave up. Some people, that's the way how it is. Sometimes you get out, sometimes you don't. But even when they succumb, it's not to necessarily shun them. You shouldn't shun anybody who succumb. But that's just their path in that life. And, you know, hopefully when they make it to the hereafter, it's a better life, right? But, yeah, like, I was like this. Oh, man. Hold up in the joint. Okay. <laughs> you don't got to talk to this cat. Yeah, no, Zoro don't be all up in the mic like like your cat. <laughs> yeah, my cat, like, I'm in this yawn too. But, you know, so things like that, right? It's like, you gotta be real. It's real, it's really cute. Like, then on top of that, like, I lost my cousin. I lost my cousin, Darren. He was, like, one of my only cousins that was really, like, my road dog cousin. Like, the cousin that spent the night over my house. Like, a brother. Because I always wanted brothers. I had two sisters. So I always wanted brothers. So I was like, shoot, that's my, like, you know, even though we grew apart, but I still necessarily, because you got to go, you got to go your life and your path. Like my path was going, getting into college. That wasn't his. It wasn't that he was doing anything wrong, but it just wasn't his. So, you know, the road going to go like, it's going to veer off and sometimes they reconnect. Yeah. You know? And sometimes they don't even reconnect with you and reconnect with their children, you know, with your children and their children. Mm-hmm. But that's still the same. Dumb points is still the same points. Now, with that being said, like, yeah, like, he was on, um, he got shot 20 times. Wow. Got shot 20 times. Dirt bike, dirt, you know, bike life. One way fox. Got shot like 20 times. And I was just like, but at the same time, which was crazy, at the same exact time that I found out, which was like at 12 a.m., I remember it like it was yesterday. 12 a.m., boom, broke up with my relationship. Broke up with my relationship, got off the phone, clicked the phone, 
the relationship done. Mom come into the room. Went like this, went like, your cousin died, 20 shots, boom, boom, boom. I was like, man, I'm going to bed. I don't know what this, like, I don't know what's what. Like, you know, like, this y'all crazy. I'm like, oh, man, when it rains, it pours, right? Mm-hmm. But you really understand little phrases like that because it'd be like, man, it'd just be like crescendo. And when they say, like, death coming threes, mm-hmm. like, that stuff is real. But what they do at that moment, you got a chance to either say, I'm going to walk and be on top of things or I'm going to let it take me all the way out of character. So, and coming from the type of family I came from, ain't nobody going to pull me out of my character. Only time I'm going to pull myself out of my character if I'm out of character. That's it. That's the only time. So, you know, I was like this. I was like, I got to stop getting serious about things that's not serious and don't need wasted men- mental energy. Because we love to put some mental energy on things that don't even, it ain't even that real. And it had me, it had me like, yo, like, you got to look at life with an optimistic view out here. Because if you don't, you're not going to go in the way of getting, you're going to get in, get, you're going to get in your own way. Like, you're just going to get in, like, you're going to stop yourself. Because you're going to be like, oh, what if? That what if? Delete ifs. Delete ifs, can, like, all that type of stuff. They breed nothing but false realities. So, you know, and that's what I'm going to say to that. Like, you got to, and, like, for me, that's something that I had to get out. My false reality was being too serious on things that wasn't necessarily serious. So once you do that and you free up some time, now you can focus on yourself. You can focus on other things. You can, you regain your ability, you regain your strength. But, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're giving strength to until it's gone. That's the real thing. Like, you give strength and power to a lot of things, but you don't realize it until it's bamboos. Once it's gone, it's like, oh, man. It's like, dang, I was putting that much into doing that when I could have been doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that allowed me to be less serious in the sense of that nature to then become more dedicated to other things. Yeah. Because yeah. dedicated and serious is two different things. Serious ain't necessarily always needed. Going back to like what we was talking about with the kids and like questioning things. Now, we need respect. I ain't saying kids and got to just be out here drawing on people. Mm-hmm. But we need respect. But it's like the whole thing, like respect and fear. They they walk a tent like a tight rope. It's real tight. It's like once when you fall off, you could be in the fair pile and not even know you fearing something and not respecting it. Vice versa, you could be respecting something that, should, that ain't even re- worth respect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it walks a tight line. But I'm going to say that's what it is for me to go deep. But, yeah. yeah. So, gotta... so Neve, if you, were to, if you was to, you know, or if you, if you don't already have, like, a step, like, steps that a person could follow, what would you say that the, re, like, the steps to the relearning process, what does that look like mm. for anyone who's in that phase to where they may have been hit with something? And they questioning, 
you know, the life that they've always lived. And now they're entering this, this process, like where they're relearning who they are and who they want to be. What does that process look like? That process. Okay. So one, it looked like this. You should, um, honestly, you got to give yourself some time. We ain't, we ain't keen on giving ourselves time either. Cause we think that it's supposed to be, all right, I'm right back. No, that type of stuff happening. You got, you got to, you got to wallow in it a little bit. That's why it's a grieving stage. That's why you go through like those stages. You gotta, you gotta be real with yourself. You gotta be very real with yourself. It's a level of um, introspective work that you gotta be real, real. Like recently, I had my wisdom tooth pulled down not too long ago. That was like the only major surgery I ever had. And they knocked me out. I I was all jacked up. My teeth was Mm -hmm. like sideways crooked. I thought I would have to get braces after this joint. It was (laughs) bad. Like it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But, you know, they pulled them out. And I was like, man. And like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, hey, I gotta get, I think I gotta get braces. Like, I got like a crossbite. Like, this joint feeling real crazy right now, right? But in time, my sister told me, she went like, you gotta let your body in. You gotta mm-hmm. let time do it. You can't have your mind do it. Your mind to think you can do anything. Your mind is a, it's a trick enemy. Your mind can, your mind is your worst enemy and your best friend sometimes. <laughs> so like it's a real, it's a real thin joint to that. It's like because your mind will have you thinking you can do anything sometimes. And you can. I'm not saying like, you know, don't think you can. But you gotta have time. And people devalue time because now we in a sped up a speed up situation where we can just do things very, very fast. So we trying to use new technology to, to say, I can do this quicker with this old technology. No matter what people say, the body is old technology. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to go but so fast. Mm-hmm. That's where people want to get into the transhumanism and try to modify their body. Go ahead if you're on that wave. I ain't on that wave. But what I'm saying is this. The old technology has a set time to give itself time to be correct once when it's time. That was like a whole riddle. But mm-hmm. it gives itself time to be correct. But you got to be willing to wait with that time. Don't get lazy on that time. You can still put little things and work towards what you're trying to work towards. But you know it's a process. People don't value process no more. So you got to always give yourself time to even get to the point of you saying that, oh, I was in a situation where I didn't know myself. You know how many people don't want to say that? Like, because then it's like you you weak. That's a level of weakness that we perceive it as. We like, if I don't know who I am, then that means I'm not superior i'm inferior right Mm -hmm. but that's wrong because everybody growing and we still don't know who we are knowing who you are is is until you hit the grave 
for real, for real, you don't know who you are until you in maybe three or two situations. One situation is in life or death situation. Two, when you're dead. <laughs> three. Um, the third one, let me see. When you think you wasn't going to do something that you did. Mm, yeah, That's when, when you, you, when you really know who you are. Like when you really have those three crescendo moments, and hopefully nobody have a life or death one, or you know, you know, when you pass away, hopefully you pass away naturally. But those type of moments allow you to peer in, like, dang, I was really that person. And then it'd be over. Because that moment actually happened. A lot of stuff we growing towards. And a lot of moments don't really actually happen. You just experience it. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother story. Because sometimes you don't even be there for half of the stuff that you experience. You know mm-hmm. how many parties people go in and don't even know what's happening? Yeah. And they, you know they, what I'm they, saying? Like, they know it's over. They there yeah, and the next thing know it's over. Yeah, but, you know. but but going back into the time too, Neef, because it was a couple things on that time uh, piece. Is one, I got to agree, time is, is definite. It's absolute. Time moves. It never stops. It always moves and with or without our permission. Right. So with that, I mean, as humans, as as beings and species that are ever changing, unlike time, you know, the, the debate then comes, you know, because everybody's process, everybody's mm-hmm. uh, process of grief is then different because we're right. ever changing and we're different mm-hmm. from each other. When do you know? Because I can't say, oh, because I grieve a certain way, I can't now say, oh, this mm. is enough time for you. I, I I just morally can't can't put that restriction on you. But right. when, how can we identify for ourselves when is too long or, you know, if it's even possible to be in a, in a particular stage too long, like as if we're dragging it out? Got you. Um, so one thing is this. The easiest, the easiest, and you know you're lucky if you get this self-epiphany. When you have that realization moment, like, oh, I'm like, I'm back. Like, what? Like, that's a real back. Like, when you really have that and you really then start looking and you can, another thing, this is that, (laughs) this connects to that, but it also connects on to the second thing. When you are comfortable enough to talk about your past experiences. When you are comfortable enough to talk about what happened to you previously and put it into a format that helps people go forward, then you be honest. You you pass that point because you can now bear faith. You can bring it out to reality. Because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff ain't real until you say it. You're That's right. what people don't get. Like I could have had a bring it out without it triggering you again. Right. Like, it could be a situation that happened to me, but if I don't tell nobody who who did it happen to? It's just up in the air. It's up in your mental. It's up in your head. It did really happen. And you are really affected from what happened by way it happened, right? And the cause and effect that it created. But until you say like, oh, well, this happened, blah, 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 blah. And while that happened, I then did this to make sure that don't happen again. Or you should do this. 
or you don't have even have to be like that and say you should do it. I'm suggesting that maybe if you go around or go about it this way, because your situation sounds kind of similar, you might get some jewels out. You know what I'm saying? So something like that is more telling to say that you are over what you was previously in. A lot of people don't be over what they was previously in, like the grief and all that type of stuff, because they be living in it. They still thinking about what if I could have did it that way. It could have been this way. Why I didn't take that deal. I'm mad that I did take that deal. Why did we go out like that? Why did the business didn't actually hit the points that it needed to hit? You start thinking about all that stuff and you do need to play all that stuff out. But if you're still in that state and you don't have nothing to give out of it, no solutions, because even in those states where we might not even have the real answer on why something actually happened, it's still a solution to be given to make you be able to move forward. Even in a solution, even in a problem with no solution, because, you know, people, deals fall all the time. It don't have no real reason why it fell out or anything, right? But you can say, well, in order not to have a deal like that, let's move like this. Until you can say that, you ain't done with your grieving process. So, and that's in any matter. Um, That's really what it is. You got to. It's a thing of you got to really give yourself time. And until you can use what you went through, and you don't got to tell everybody you could be private. You don't got to be extroverted. But you're not going to go through the same situation. You ain't going to go through the motions. You're going to change something. Once when you get on your changing this, like, I'm not going to do that anymore, right? And you really do that, then you beyond it. If you don't do it, then you're still in it. And it's habits we all got that we still in. But when you don't, when you realize why you're doing what you're doing, because a lot of people don't realize what they're doing. I don't, like, far as eating. Um, my sister went like, because she a nutritionist, and she was like, uh, what she said? She was like, Neef, are you really hungry right now, or are you just eating to eat? And I'm like, Right. When you're hungry, you're eating to eat. That's the I'm eating to eat. <laughs> In my mind, like, I was like, and then I had to think about it. But what was hunger? I didn't have no concept of real hunger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't nothing there to then say, because if you would have asked me that, if you would have asked me why I'm eating, I would just say I'm eating. I'm not looking deep enough to say, or am I really hungry? You're not even thinking that in your head when you just eating random snacks. You're not even thinking like, yeah, I'm hungry, so let me eat this snack. No, you just eating to be eating. Because it's there. It's the abundance. It's there. You can't use it for nothing. You're just doing it. And if you're just doing it, you would never have the solution on how to stop doing it. But you got to have the moments. Now, another thing, you might have to talk to people. You might got to get a shrink. You might got to get a real close home, real close friend. You might got to talk to people. Depending on what what the grief come from, you might got to talk to somebody who's comparable to that situation. So if it's something like, let's just say your father passing away, you might got to talk to an older man. 
because then they could give you like a um it it could balance you out. You could see certain things and you'd be like, dang, yeah, boom, 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 boom. And they could give you stuff that make you look at things though. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So then they can help with your process to get into the point of, ah, yeah, he said that like bang, bang, bang. And that makes sense. So I'm not going to do that this time because that really made sense. I just never had somebody to point that out to me because that's the other thing. It's um, if you ever see um, what you call it, it's a whole, it's it's a, uh, it's a funny uh, conundrum of like if people into psychics and stuff and things like that, it's like, who do the psychic get a reading by? Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, if I'm always reading all of these other people, who's going to tell me about my woes? I got to talk to somebody. That's the whole point of therapy. Like, therapists got therapists. It's the same thing. It's all right. the same thing. It's all forms of therapy. No matter how you feel about it. Even if you own Catholic and you're going to talk to the father in the sin, in the sin confession. The father That's what the father. that really is. He, you going to talk to him just to hear something. Sometimes you just need to hear a word back to get you out. Mm-hmm. But And then that goes, let's tie that all the way back to the beginning, support. Mm. It's a level of support in all that. That's why all this stuff was made for society to support you. People don't really take advantage of it as much as they can. But, or as much as, like how we were just saying again, let's tie it back. They don't even know to take advantage of things like that. They don't know. Shoot, it'd be a lot of better people if they went to the Catholic little confessional thing and was just confessing. <laughs> but, like, but you would never think to do that. Why? Because I'm not a Catholic. You just would never go there. I ain't going to go to no psychic. I don't believe in that. But that might have helped you out. I ain't going to go to no therapist. I ain't going to believe in that. A lot of religious spirituality things it's really therapy. Mm. It's really therapy. Let, let's mm-hmm. really get it cracking. It's therapy. Even though we got the glitz and glamours of us, oh, parents, and all the other type of stuff, it's really therapy. It's the mm-hmm. it's you conducting therapy on a esoteric or higher frequency level, and you try and get something further back. Because the whole thing is when you're talking to people like that. They're giving you something back to check yourself. That's it. Because you can't look at yourself in the, you can't, you don't know who you are until you talk. And then somebody else hear you talking, they'd be like, oh, you talk like that. And then they'd say, well, you know, honey, if you're real brash, maybe you shouldn't be so brash. And then you'd be thinking, yeah, I do be saying some words kind of crazy to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that type of stuff is therapy. It's, it's deeper than just being a therapist mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. All that stuff should be connected. It got separated now, but back in ancient times, it was all connected. The therapist, the spiritual person, all that type of stuff was all the same person. Your iman, your sheikh, your um, the shaman, your shaman, yeah. um, your rabbi, all the priesthoods, all the um, clergy. It was all supposed to be there for counseling. It was counseling. We was getting canceled. All this yeah. type of affliction was canceled. It was mm-hmm. things that could be canceled. Talked about. So, so, so now with obviously, well, not obviously, I hate to use the word obviously, but with it being so many different, with it being split up the way that it is, 
And now in today's society, a lot of that is kind of pushed under the rug and not looked at as normal. Um, or, you know, and, and I, I hope, I will hope for the millionaires that are listening to this, they take this and they're like, okay, I'm now, they heard the last episode about being spiritually healthy as a flex. And then they hear us talking about, you know, being in tune with your spiritual health even a little bit further. You know, they take that and be like, okay, let me invest in some type of spiritual counseling. But let's just say we starting off just to help people get through the content that we talking about and the content that might've been in the other episodes, Deep like mm-hmm. with grief is change. Mm-hmm. And even without grief is change. We going through mm-hmm. change all the time. When going through change, what are some great questions that we can begin to ask ourselves when we receiving this new information and how to cope with that change? Okay. Well, the number one cliche, who am I? Who am That's I? the right. first thing. That's the first thing. That's a big thing. It's a big thing because, um, okay, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Who am I? Um, what am I doing? Right? Uh, let me see. Other things. Um, who am I? What am I doing? What's my role? Mm, because we all have a role to play some people don't realize they have a role to play they think they just here on happenstance they just think that they just exist then and let me exist and then after that something happened to you then you're trying to figure out who you are because you don't got a role to play Mm. um what else what's another question um i I mean let me add too am i comfortable that's a good one Am I comfortable with who I am right now or who I was previous? Maybe it was a situation that was bad, but was that comfortable? Because, I mean, the the dark side of all this is sometimes people want to be in bad situations. And we got to talk about that one day. People want to have the toxic situation. Mm-hmm. That, that's they a don't another want conversation. The, the pristine conversation. They don't want that. They want the toxic relation. You know what I mean? So, you know, but you got to be real with yourself. You got to be real with yourself. And that's a level of introspection. So then it's like how they say in psychology, it's either the top-down theory or the build-it-up theory, right? Mm-hmm. You, nine times out of ten, you want to go with the build-it-up. You want to go with, after something happened, you want to say, you want to point out all the good things before a negative. Because you want to give yourself some confidence. You want to give yourself some cushion. See, when you use the negative, the negative might dig you deeper or keep you down. Mm-hmm. You want to give yourself some cushion. Now, once when you give yourself enough cushion with enough affirmation and good positive things, you get you get your negative. Now, but the negative ain't going to pull you down this time. Your negative is your reality check. Like, mm-hmm. you got to know, like, me like I know I get introverted sometimes and I pull away from stuff that's a negative mm-hmm. in certain cases but that negative it's also a positive don't ever think that your negatives is not positives too Girl, I was just about to say the same thing <laughs> just because it's like with the, with the building it up you got to treat both your negatives and your positives I, as the brick as you got to brick, you got to layer it brick by brick so you can build it up. 
But think about it. Science. Everything ain't made out of positive neutrons. Yeah, no. Positive and negative. It don't work like that. That's like all the cartoons when it was like, oh, let's have a perfect society. And they do it and then they just go and it blow up. Because it don't work like that. You gotta, it's a fine, delicate, yin-yang balance. It's a homostasis that has to happen. That you gotta realize that you gotta certain, you got equal parts evil, equal parts good. The only thing you want to do with that is make your evil work good. That's it. And then that might sound real crazy, but let me make it simple. So you want Whatever you was able to do negative, you want to be able to turn that into a positive. That's like a hustler. A hustler might hustle people out of everything, right? But that's the negative of a hustler. Turn that same energy into doing, I'm hustling, but it's positive, and then I'm going to help other people get stuff. Right. You like took Robin that Hood. same negative and made it positive. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, the scammer. Like, the scammer always got the hookup, if you ever noticed. <laughs> like, the scammer always got the hookup. If you always got the hookup, all right, let's not scam this time. Just give people the hookup. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, it's just you manipulating the forces. That's all you try to do. Because you don't want to turn it, because this is the other thing. We get into the point where we be like, oh, I just want to destroy it. I just don't want to be that person. That ain't going to be real. You destroy that, you destroy yourself, you're going to go down the same exact way. It's not real. Um, So that's where it go wrong. Like You could be like, I'm lazy. Lazy ain't necessarily bad because the positive to lazy is what? Patience. That's the opposite. And time freedom to a certain extent like time, lazy lazy that one person could actually be working smarter instead of harder to the person that's actually quote unquote lazy exactly so it's all about perception and you got to change your reality and your perception around so once when you do that you can build these bricks so that's the other thing when i said the who am i right and i said let me not get ahead of myself but this is the whole thing with the ego if you look at a whole lot of spiritual texts people read it wrong and they think ah oh, the buddha got rid of his ego he destroyed that thing right now he's enlightened so let me just totally erase my ego right oh wait jesus got rid of the devil all that ah, ah, ah. so he's purely good right but what they don't understand in them texts is one, the Buddha never destroyed the ego. He only suppressed it. It's not dominant no more. Mm-hmm. It can be used for other things now. Mm-hmm. Jesus, when he was fasting down in the desert, and he and he cursed out God. He went like, oh, you forsaken me. I, I, I. Devil talking in his ear all crazy, right? And then later he got himself together, and he said, what? Satan, get behind me. Better yet, another one for the Muslims. Prophet Muhammad, when they say you got one angel on both sides, you got a jinn on both sides, and they taking notes, right? And it's the negative and good, the positive, negative, evil. You know, good angel, bad angel, it's all the mm-hmm. same thing. But when they talk about that, they said Prophet Muhammad was so good, he turned the negative good. So then the negative angel only did good. 
But that's what it is. He's still a negative angel, but he's doing good. The perception changed. Right. He changed his mind on saying, oh, well, I used to say things like... Like he did bad things with a good purpose. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, and that stuff go over people's head or it sounds kind of crazy, but it's the real side of this because you can't negate yourself. The time that you negate yourself, you're dead. So when you try to not be who you are, like your your ego, if you try to get rid of your ego, you're dead. Your ego protects you in situations. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have an ego, you'll be like Martin Luther King and be able to just get hit and just turn the other cheek. Everybody can't do that. Some people are strong enough to do that. That's a way, that's a path. You can do what you want to do. But you need your ego sometimes to check people. You got to let these people remind. You got to remind people who you be or they take advantage of you, especially mm-hmm. in the corporate world. The corporate world, you don't get the luxury to be the most. You don't get the luxury to do all that. So certain things sound appealing and you would say, oh, yeah, let me be so spiritual, right? But it's good if you was living in a conducive society for that type of living. We're not there right now, or at least not at this age, right? Right. We're not in that era. We're not in that era. And we just not in that point in life right now. I can't be as nice as I want to be because somebody might think it's me being weak. But I still got to be nice enough to where I'm not um, polluting myself to be me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like or I still got to burning bridges and all that other yeah. stuff. Right. That's like this. Like, like homeless people. It's not to say that you ain't supposed to help out homeless people, but you ain't supposed to always help out the same homeless person. It's a whole thing to that. You got to know, I say, God moves you to give up stuff. Because listen, I don't be giving stuff to too many people, but when it hit me, and I'd be like, no, nah, I got to give them like, I'm going to give him $40. It looked real crazy. Like, me, why are you giving him $40? But then the next person, I might not give nothing to because it's something there. It's something realer there. And depending on what it is, I don't know what it is, but it's something that he need to do. And he'll do it, he'll not do it. That's up to him. But I just know I did my action to do that. Matter of fact, recently I was at a gas station. Brother was there, had his car packed all the way up to the top, like packed all the way up. And he was like, um, it's like, brother, can you give me some gas? I, I just need gas. I don't need nothing else. I just need gas. I'm leaving Philly. I'm done with this. Boom, 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 right? He was like, the only thing I can give you right now is two copies of the high D, version one and two, volume one and two. It was like, when stuff like that happens, you'd be like, man, I got you. Boom, boom. Sued them, filled them up. Bang. He was like, thank you. You know, real real happy. But he was, you know, you got to help people sometimes. Sometimes the help and do come in, it comes in ways that you never think it would come. You don't know how much you really help a person until afterwards. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of that with my my granddad. Like, my granddad used to give people free oil. Like, you was, your house was cold, you ain't had no oil, no stuff to burn. To get heat in your house, he'll just come and give you free oil. 
He ain't charging nobody, just boom, boom. And then he'll tell you just do the same for the next person. Mm-hmm. That's the type of person he was. He just do stuff just out of pro bono. That's how, you know, and going to that, that's like a part of my family. Like, I just help out people sometimes more than what I need to. And I really be trying to help out people. But it's good, though, you know. But, you know, mm-hmm. you got to know who you are and know what your role is. I'm more. I would even say another question too, Neef, to add to that and not to cut you off or anything. That uh, another huge question I think to ask is what do you expect to get out of this experience? Mm. Because I think a lot of us walk without any, like we just, like sometimes we just get so stuck, so lost, so Mm. egocentric that we walk without intention. That's we right. do things without intention and we often don't ask ourselves what we hope to get out of this experience. So then when we get to the end, we don't even know if we can't, we can't even measure it because we don't know if we got what we was there for in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I mean, out of this experience, honestly, um, the more I think about it, like the more, like where I'm at now, and it might change, because you know you only could talk about what you're into at the moment. That's another thing. People want to talk about all these other multiple realities, but where I'm at right now, or who I am right now, and what I expect to get out of this right now, is honestly, um, a level of change, being a a conductor in the level of change in the society. Mm. More and more that I, the more and more I try to like run away from something like that, and it pulled me all the way back. That's another thing. Anything that always come back to you and you always find yourself in these weird situations, like why am I always at this point doing these type of things? Because that's really what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you just haven't seen it yet. So God mm-hmm. got to keep putting it out there. There. To wake, make you see it. Like, see. bro, I'm trying to tell you yeah, something. You. Hand signs, bro. <laughs> like, slapping you up. And you're like, man. Like, and then it go both ways. Like, it's like this. Like, I know. I was just talking about this. I went like, I need to get to a point. And I am. Because I will. But where I'm really solely focusing on probably two things only. Well, maybe three. But for right now, let's just say, t- I'll give you all three. Um, what is it? Um, martial arts, self-defense, workout, you know, fitness, that, right? Along with spiritual things, therapists, helping people. All these things is helping people as much as it all. My life, I feel like get pulled into helping people no matter what, right? So even look at where I come from, teachers, educators, they help people. It's the whole thing. We went to Cheney's Teachers College, help people. You know, when you really start thinking about it and you know, and you really start running it back in your head, then you'd be like, Dad, why am I always in the position to be a teacher to something? You know what I'm saying? But then you got to find your call. 
you got to find where it is. You got to find a vehicle to actually do that. Right. For the longest, I'm thinking that, hey, maybe it was political science, political science or history. It still can be history. But at the time, like political science, and you might have your mind set up like, all right, I'm going to go, boom, be a doctor, do all that. But that ain't the type of teaching you need to be doing to be productive in your life and others. So you know you need to teach, but what you have to, what you should be teaching is the thing. So you got to look at things Mm -hmm. like that. That's people who can sell stuff out the wazoo. You know you're supposed to be selling. Uh, are you supposed to be selling what you're selling to be a detriment or selling to be selling to be helpful? You know what I'm saying? So it's still the same thing. It's what we all been talking, what we've been talking about this whole podcast. It's the perspectives. It's like you doing your action, but are you doing the correct version of that action? Mm-hmm. The correct subject and the correct matter. So it'll be that along with, um, you know, jewelry. Like, I'm trying making jewelry and stuff, but I'm that's not necessarily. Yeah, but that that ain't necessarily uh, <laughs> you know, like that's that's more side curricular activity and art mm-hmm. expression. But mm-hmm. for saying what I expect, it might be helping people more than I. The more I realize, mm-hmm. more now, switching. Oh my bad, brother. Oh, no, switching gears. Good. Switching gears just a little bit, man, because you know, it, it, it sounded like if we're gonna have to 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 run this thing back with a part two in, in some form of fashion, you know, with a with just to give back to the millionaires because I I, I just feel so bad with you. I just every time I switch a question or I ask a new question, I just feel like I'm rushing the conversation. Like this <laughs> this conversation is never ending. To be honest, to be it quite is. honest, but. For sake of time, we got we do uh we we are you know nearing the end here and you know just want to switch gears just a little bit because now we're entering a portion that's meant to give us a little restart, like a little we 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 unplugging it and then we mm-hmm. we, we 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 letting it out the outlet for five seconds and we restarting it. And this is a segment I like to call Rapid Fire, and it's sponsored by Pod Decks right here. So Basically, okay. if I just got five random questions that had nothing oh, to do with man. what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not meant for you to rethink, like you know, overthink at all. Just kind of answer with the first thing that come to mind, and we just gonna play it that way, all right? All and, right. But it's meant to be fun, you know, be yourself, and most importantly, be brief. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first one is, who or where would you haunt if you were a ghost? Well, this is kind of on the spiritual. Right, we, like, we, we, <laughs> right here, okay. Ooh, I, I that was not on purpose. Hey, listen, man. You know who I would haunt? Oh, so you're going with the who, not the where. All right. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I'm trying to get knowledge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. so who are you, you haunting? Who are you haunting? I mean, but walls do talk. So, I mean, I haunt the place too. You, you know a whole lot of stuff. Um, Hmm, I would have to say, honestly, matter of fact, I'm going to switch. I'm going to say it blue. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Um, 
maybe the first, yeah, you know what? Yeah, the first president. I will haunt the first president. George Washington. George Washington. Okay. George Washington. That's interesting because, I mean, you're probably going to get some, some deep Illuminati type secrets, I would assume. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, George Washington, because um, well, I'm coming to realize history ain't history. But, like, you know, even though, like, we know that saying and they'd be like, oh, it's his story. But even the his story that they gave you, even the black his story ain't even history. There's a whole lot of uh, tomfoolery in the history, pal. But yeah, and my dad always had this expression that he would tell me is, you know, he who controls the printed page controls the thinking of the age. So it was like, whether you get a good vibe from it, a bad vibe from it, the truth or the lies, like at the end of the day, the full story wasn't ever told. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much so. All right. You know, we might have to make like a little joint. Like, listen, y'all give me another person. I'm going to say Mansa Musa, too. <laughs> All right. Mansa. Yeah. I like both <laughs> of them. Like you, like, you can't go wrong with either or. Either and, or. Hey, man. I mean, I just feel compelled to bring this up. I mean, this is supposed to be a quick, rapid fire, but it ain't so rapid when you're talking to Neef, the god of Neefism. <laughs> so, like, like just you alone saying Mansa Musa, George Washington, like, most people probably thinking, like, how you gonna haunt them if they already did? But we don't understand. That's like, in the spirit world, man. That's what I'm saying. There's no, there's no like space and time don't exist. So don't exist. You're a spirit, but you could be a spirit about? in a whole another time. We say haunted place. You like y'all trying to haunt the pyramid of today? Yeah, like, like, what? ain't nothing going on there but a bunch of tourism. It's like seeing your uncle. Like, <laughs> hey man, put them on the next question, bro. How much would somebody have to pay you to eat a live spider? Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, uh, mm, uh, I'm a vegan. <laughs> oh, let's I mean, see. It oh. ain't meat. Oh, well, vegan, you don't, hurt, you don't harm nothing no alive. Animals, can't hurt the animals. It's not an animal, though. It's yeah. an insect. Shoot, tell that to the uh, PETA. Um, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Maybe uh, you might gotta give me a nice B. You might gotta give me a bill. A bill, hey, a you stand by your morals. I respect it. Uh, All right, this is a even this then, is I might not do it. Right, this is an interesting one, and I've never gotten this question throughout the entire time I had this deck. Uh, it is: Would you rather give up all drinks except water, or give up eating anything that was cooked in an oven? Woo! Um, all uh, drinks except for water. I can roll out with no drinks and only drink water. Because think about it. I still got sweet food. So I'm not mi- missing the sugar. I still got spicy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I would rather have the flavor palette <laughs> than just flavor juice in my mouth. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, you would rather eat the food, cooked food? Yeah, cooked food. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, even though, you know, some Dr. Sabies. I don't know, man. That's, that's but... tough. Nah, nah. Most of the food that I eat is, like, cooked. Ah, would you consider 
would you consider stove top being cooked in the oven? Hey, that's a good loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't put it. That's I a mean, good loophole. I'm not broiling it or baking it. Baking this is stove top. Stove top. I don't know. We we'll ain't let it go. We we'll let it rock. All right. Then before, would you would you most who would you most like to sit next to in on a ten hour flight and why? This is a very common question that always comes up, and this is like a deck of like fifty plus cards. I don't even know how. I got you, Kanye. Yeah, man, it's just like yeah. Kanye is becoming more and more polarizing and profound. Yeah. That is like you gotta just just want to know what he like the real him besides with the why? tabloids. He's the freest man in America. Did you see that interview yet? Oh, you ready for part two? Yeah. Part two tonight. When I shoot. When I, but, um, but yeah, freest man in America, man. Freedom. That's another thing that we didn't talk about as much. But freedom. That's why I would like to talk to him. Just be able to say and do what you please, honestly. But... It's a level of um, a power in that. It's a great power in that. And not being scared to stand on what you stand on. Because we live in a time that you can't stand on nothing. Or you get persecuted. And then mm-hmm. shunned out. Kicked out. Not going to be um, as popular. <clears throat> XYZ. And we got too sensitive. It is what it is. Sensitivity the whole rise of being consciously woke and consciously um, apparent in reality then bred ultra sensitivity. And now everybody is too sensitive and that's an imbalance. Going yeah. back to like what we was talking about with the bread, it's an imbalance. Yes, we're supposed to care, but we ain't supposed to care but so much. And I, and I think what caused that, 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 sensitivity neath mm-hmm. is the instant gratification that social media created because oh, yeah, people yeah. want you gotta think about it, people wouldn't really mm-hmm. be sensitive to them being called out or them being you know beat up briefly mm-hmm. if it wasn't the chance that somebody could have recorded that or it is going viral and all this other stuff going on like just other people knowing about it besides the people that was in that space mm-hmm. like yeah. i think that's the biggest thing it is. Now, flip note to that is this. Because it's so accessible, and listen, this is the thing. Because it always been happening and always been getting recorded. But it's a couple of things. Everybody don't watch the news. Everybody don't read a book or read papers. And everybody don't listen to the radio. But everybody have a phone. That's the whole trick. Throughout go time, straight to the phone, straight to your phone, straight to the phone. You don't even got it. You don't know how to read. Fine, it's a video, it's an audio. You can't see. It's a it's an audio. You know what I'm saying? You can get the phone in any form, and it's in the palm of your hand. So therefore, it allows you to always be hit with whatever you're going to get hit with, whether that's negative or positive. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hit with it. But before, you could live, if you was a farmer and you ain't going to town for a week, you done missed so much news on the newspaper. 
Yeah, you done missed a lot. You, you, you don't you, know what's going on. You don't know you what's over, going on. You've been over there providing everybody with life. Meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> well, like, vice versa. Let's speed it up. News. It was a point where you didn't get true news if you didn't have cable. Because you wasn't watching MB on CNN and all the other ones and all that type of stuff. Because you was only on ABC, Fox, and, and the local channels. So you only knew your reality look. So, you know, but now you got an international hotline and hotline blank. Like, mm-hmm. that joint is, is there. You get to see what's happening in, in the other parts of the world. Other parts of the world get to see what's happening here. You ain't mm-hmm. have all that type of freedom. That's freedom, though, again. The level of freedom. So, yeah. You know, 100, 100. This is the last question, Leaf, and this one, this one. I'm going to make it rapid. All right, what's what? I don't even think you can because you probably gonna have to think about this one. What is your worst roommate or house guest story? Oh man, (laughs) oh man, worst roommate? Oh, oh man, or house guest story? But that that ain't that ain't for this podcast. (laughs) Oh. I mean, I mean, it, just keep it PG, brother. Like, no, if, if that's your worst one, who am I? You talking about freedom? You talking about freedom? Who am I to, who am I to put you? In I'm, the I'm gonna put that discipline on it and restrict it. But, uh, right. but um, my worst guest, my worst roommate, or something like that. Um, I ain't had no bad roommates, honestly. Um. Oh, all right, all right, all right. So basically, it wasn't a roommate, but it was what happened in the room. Okay. All right, so, you know, it was a sophomore year. Cheney, Marcus. Roommate Marcus, not Marcus, but it was just like Marcus used to have kickbacks. And basically, it was just drawing. It was ah see I don't even want to give out all that. I mean you already <laughs> no, dropped they, names, they, they, so now whatever you say, you incriminating whoever. I don't, I don't <laughs> you incriminate. have a name drop me. Come on, man. Oh, uh, it, bro. now you know. You know they watching this, George. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You could have just left the names out and just gave the situation. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, well, it was a it was a it was a kickback. And it went too bad. It got too. It was too bad. It was too. It was too crazy. It was too crazy in the bathroom. Oh, all right. So something just happened in the bathroom. Something happened in the bathroom. Right. But it was a kickback by way of Marcus. <laughs> he that made it clear to make that. Clear, <laughs> this was before me doing parties. <laughs> man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Man, oh, you crazy, dude. Marcus man, knows so- which one it is. I'm I, I'm trying to think of which one it was myself, but I don't even think I, I was there. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll go off script, off script. And I got to hear about the other one that you was going to say off script too, but moving on, man, moving on. So we got the closing questions, Nathan. You know, I like the first, you know, just, man, appreciate you for just dropping the gems, man. If today was Friday, it'd be free game Fridays. Well, yeah. it is free game Fridays because this episode will be launched. No, it's going to be launched on Monday. I spoke too soon. Uh, 
<laughs> but we'll we'll save it. We'll save it for for mindset Mondays. Mindset Mondays, man, is gonna be is gonna be going down because Nietzsche, you really brought a, a different perspective to how the millionaires and myself really could be just thinking about you know a lot of things from the positive, the negative, and you know everything in between and around it. But uh, you know, as we wrapping it up, Neef, I like to ask this question. This is right around the realm of what we already been talking about. Um, you know, how would you define self-love and what self-love is? Mm, self-love. Self-love is um, respecting yourself, um, appreciating yourself. A lot of people don't appreciate themselves. Um, they don't respect themselves either. They don't even have a, I don't even have like a mindset or an idea how to get to that point. Um, but what I will say is this, you got to have, people say, say that, but they don't have, like, you got to have values to love. That's the whole thing. I think that's a missing equation. People want self-love, but they got no values. Mm-hmm. So it ain't going to be nothing anyway. But what you've been doing, like how we tying it back into what we was talking about, you just existing. Because you don't have nothing, you don't got a role. You got to have a role. Speaking of that, this has been a big thing that I've been on for a minute now. Um, for people who want to be spiritually enlightened, by the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita, right? Which is this tell of Krishna in the whole war, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, it's Krishna and uh, his servant. Well, he Krishna is the servant in the story. Krishna is the God, but he's a servant in the story, and he's helping the, the emperor, right? And the emperor got to go and fight his family and beat and destroy and kill his family because it's a whole succession war for the throne, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And basically... He was feeling so bad because he had to go and wipe out his brothers in order to get the throne. Because he was the one who was left the throne, but all the other brothers were like, nah, man, he don't need that. Let me just get that, right? So they was all going to war, right? But he was still so family-oriented that he can't even bring himself to turn his sword against his family, even though his family doing it to him, right? So it got to the point where Krishna, as the servant, had to, like, reveal himself. He like, yo, I'm God, man. And he was like, what? Like, you a servant. Like, how how could you be God? Then, like, God come in many forms and be around at many places, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, he was like, who you think you talking to sometimes ain't who you talking to. Mm-hmm. So, he was like this. It was like, and basically, Krishna told him, he was like, you taking it, you you're making it too deep. You're making this whole thing too deep. It's an action. You giving it more credence than what it need to be given. And by you giving it more credence, you're making it more reality to be something negative. This is the cards you dealt. Do the action that's given. Right. Now, this scene real crazy is like that. So just wipe out your brothers. And that's what he said to Krishna. He went like, yes, Krishna said yes, but he was saying yes in the sense of don't do it from a place of you actually doing this for your own benefit. Do it from a place that you are trying to save the whole kingdom. 
not destroying your family because you was mad that they backstabbed you. That's when it becomes negative. Because you're doing negative, it negative. Of, you're doing it like out of um spite self, self-fulfillment. Mm. It wasn't nothing to that, but I was mad. So let me get you back. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, oh man, let me end this because if I don't, then all these other people would be affected. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? When you look at it from that point of view, which is you staying on a steadfast action and you not putting no negatives or positives on it. Sometimes this is all science again. This is why neutrons exist. It is a middle where you should be very like not on either side, but on your side to just get the job done. That's an action. The action don't always have to have a um, good or bad connotation to it. An action can just be an action. I did it because it just needed to be done. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people don't really understand. It's an action. And going into what we were saying with qualities and stuff, What's your qualities? Like, you don't have no action. You don't have no role. You're not fulfilling a role. That's why you got to give yourself a role to fulfill or find out what your role is. And hey, some people might have to get this. This is the whole, it all comes back together. This is New Year revolutions, even though nobody really do them things. You Mm -hmm. giving yourself a role to then say, let me get fit for this whole year. But it gave your life purpose. It gave you like self-love. It gave yourself, you know, self-care. Because now I got to care about myself enough to even get up and do this. It gave you a role. And everybody don't respect role and action. They don't respect these two um, things. Like, you need an action. And action is powerful. Action is very powerful. And that's what you need. You need action to bring things into manifestation. Because anything just thought about ain't going to happen if you don't act. Mm-hmm. So 100%. what are we talking about? Go ahead. So would you say, well, not would you say, but that I, everything you pretty much said, self-love is, you know, being self-aware, give, asking yourself those questions, being self-reflective on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving yourself a role when you don't have currently have a role, being mm-hmm. more intentional about you know, the energies that you put into certain things and the thoughts that you create and, you know, all that stuff is is all a, 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 a festering, you know, a ideal or concept of self-love. So that that's what I got from it, at least. Yeah. If you were to see, if you were to see your 18-year-old self, mm. you know, what would be some advice you would give 18-year-old me? Woo! 18-year-old. Dang. Mm. Mm. I would tell him to do the same track that he did. I would tell him to do the same track because it's a good track and we got to a good point because it's certain things that wasn't going to be able to be done if I'm not here. Get one, like at this point right now, talk. Yeah. So I would say do the same thing. Um, but I would tell him to be more disciplined on certain things. And give a greater care to certain things. That's why I don't. More discipline and a greater care to certain things. That's it. That's all. That's all. Eighteen-year-old need, need 
yeah, that's all you need. Because that's what I wish I would have had at that point. Just a little bit more discipline and more care into doing certain actions. Man, 100%. And a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of what you're saying, putting care into it. I think that's what all of this, I think care really is the, 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 the bandaid that, that heals all that, that in time, mm-hmm. time and care, you know, just putting a little bit more care into your actions, putting a little bit more care into your thoughts. Again, you took to do things with intention. You have, it has to be done with care, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have intention without care. No. Right. Like, I mean, can you? I mean, I don't. I don't. Huh. I don't think it would be hard to be intentional and like careless. And not care about, like, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, it's well, like you can't be yet. intentional or careless. Not yet, you know, a psychopath would come past, and then they'd be like, "Well, see, he's an intentional not caring." I like get the heck on with all that, man. That like you took two two definites. To make it indefinite, so like like to make Listen, it indifference, like they don't, you can't do that. Why can't science be doing all types of things these days? <laughs> Again, we ain't gonna go there. That's a whole another rabbit hole. That's a whole another rabbit hole. But hey, Neef, again, brother, I appreciate you, man, for for just stopping by and just schooling us on you know belief, spiritualism, Neefism. The whole mm-hmm. nine, man. So, you know, use this space and this time to, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, where some of our millionaires who really, you know, really feel in the Nephism, where they can find you at. If you got any special projects, anything that you're excited about sharing, now's the time to tell us a little bit more. All right. Well, if y'all, if y'all into the Nephisms or how I think and anything of that nature, you could, if y'all really into the Nephisms, listen, my, Y'all can follow the Black Buddha. Well, Black Buddha at Instagram. Now listen. I don't even think I, I don't even think that's your actual handle. I think it's black underscore Buddha. And I'm about to yep. Black well, it underscore is black Buddha underscore. underscore. But <laughs> I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. But yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying, if you just put Black Buddha up, it'll pop up. It's only mm-hmm. one Black Buddha. It is what it is. I got that name before everybody else somehow. But follow that. If you not if you if you know not to faint the heart, don't follow it if you faint the heart. I'm tell you right now. But other than that, and HTC Combat at Instagram. That's everything to do with martial arts and things of that nature and things like that. I'm gonna start uploading more things on that. Probably more on the sense of uh along with the workouts and everything, people hitting the focus mints, getting sharp being able to protect themselves, but I'm also going to put fighting philosophies, tips, strategies, thank gods, and basically things of that nature, even security mindset, certain things to how you want to move while you're out in the streets. So go hit me up on those two, and you can always find any of my, well, they ain't Nephisms, but I do got quotes, Black Buddha thoughts, hashtag Black Buddha. And you will find them. Yeah. And man, I, I feel like Neef, that the Black Buddha thoughts are a reincarnation of the Nephisms, man. It's like they might be. Yeah, man. They they, they want them the same. They want them to say they <laughs> Nephisms 2.0, man. They just more, they're not as random. Like Nephisms 
is like the randomness. The the, the black Buddha thought is premeditated. <laughs> like it's premeditated. That's all it is. That's the difference, man. But but once again, if I appreciate you and to the millionaires that are listening to this, like 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 me said, if you you know, if you into, you know, just something that's gonna make you think a little bit differently. You don't even have to necessarily agree. And yeah. Eve can agree with this. It's not about, you know, if you no. agree with them or if you agree with what we're saying, it's more so about the thought that is being received by your thinking station, which is your brain, and just how you take that information apart and make it real to you. Right. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So appreciate you, Need for, you know, just challenging the status quo as always. And I appreciate the millionaires who are going to be listening to this. Uh, and I'm just thankful to have you all a part of the show week in and week out and becoming change agents that you're bound to become if you just take a minute, apply some care, apply some intention, and apply some time and just think a little bit differently than what a, what these folks really want us to see uh, so that you can see actually what is going on. Uh, and with that said, a little sidebar, if you are interested right, in investing in real estate, but you just are having a hard time getting time, you know, or you're having a hard time finding the money to fully jump in, or you just have no idea how to get, you know, get started. We just launched the Side Hustle Accelerator, which is a 12-week course with a very done-for-you type of experience to help you make huge profits in real estate transactions without taking ownership of the property. To learn a little bit more about how you can close your first 10K deal in 90 days, visit www.kaispeaks.com slash academy to learn more about that side hustle accelerator but with that being said i'm your guy kai speaks and you just heard it from hanif muhammad aka black buddha on ways to relearn yourself and re-identify yourself just remember to keep focused build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly peace millionaires man i gotta you guys kai kai is dope kai is very very dope and i'm not saying that because i've worked with him and and he's a friend of mine but this is an amazing podcast you know what i mean i have a very discerning you know and 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 a prejudiced ear you know what i mean i'm very selective about what i listen to but i am a faithful listener to your podcast like i am like did he did he post a new episode and again not because i know you honestly Mm -hmm. not because i know you um, it's just, I, I, I try not to, you know, oversaturate what I listen to and what I hear. Cause again, that influence aspect, right. I want to be careful mm-hmm. about what I let influence my being, but man, you, you, ha- you pick great topics, you pick great guests and I'm just proud of you, brother. I'm proud of you.